Welcome back, everyone. This interview is brought to you by Revolution Hockey. Revolution Hockey is located in Cambridge, Ontario, and is a great hockey school to improve your edge work and power training. Revolution Hockey provides weekly ice times as well as prepares you for your upcoming tryout. You can visit their website for more information at www.revolutionhockey.ca. It doesn't matter, I'm sitting down. Alright, what is up? We're, um, we're back. Would you like to address the little two-week pause we had or slow down? Is that we're all going in our final year of high, or we're in our final year of high school, so we're just adjusting to that and everything's new for everyone right now, so um, we just wanted to get that out of the way. We regrouped, we're doing more stuff like this. This is the first one, so um, as we go on for our like in-person talks, we'll we'll upgrade the quality, upgrade how the setup is, our little studio. Um, but yeah, I wanted to get that out of the way, and also huge thanks to a thousand Instagram followers. That's a pretty big deal for us from from starting with nothing. So big milestone. Yeah, so I want to yeah thank everyone for for following and being a fan. Yeah, so this is the the first in person kind of podcast that we're doing. It's it's I like it too because like the things that we do with me and Keith, um, like the the mind rooms and stuff. It's just super easy to do. So I think you'll probably be seeing more of this if we don't um, have our guests on and stuff. But uh, but yeah, I think we're just gonna talk about some like sports stuff and just get into it. So I think we have and Matt's in the corner. Matt's in the corner there. Yeah, I'm here. Not, not much people are gonna watch the YouTube anyway. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, as well. At least the first one. So we'll jump Audio in with matters. this. Uh, with this episode, we'll have Zach. Um, he is, uh, I don't know, adaptive, adaptive athletics is, that's what we'll get to uh, later in the episode. That's the interview we're doing this week. He has very good insight. We're going to dive deep in uh, mainly recovery stuff. He's very big on training, recovery, and living a healthy lifestyle. So that'll be something interesting. And then next week, we are Joe Underwood. He played in the OHL for years and went on to coach. So he'll be an interesting one too. But uh, we'll talk about some football and hockey. I'm ready for the hockey though. Are you guys ready for hockey, boys? Yeah, oh, yeah. Sure. So, all right, we got our brackets up. This is uh, the predicted NHL. Should we I'll put this bracket. in the camera quick for the YouTube viewers? I don't know. If it'll focus up. I guess that doesn't make it focus either. No. Uh, a little bit. You can see it a little bit. We're we're quite off. Yeah, we made this. We made this bracket. It's the charged up NHL playoff predictions about six weeks. Yeah, six weeks ago. And as Matt said earlier, that. Uh, I think no one was really close. Yeah, no one was bang on and what a final. Yeah, and we were pretty far off. Like boys, just go through like Nate, I don't know how much you watched. Keith, I know Nate watched a bit. Go through a couple of things you noticed from the playoffs like caught you off guard or Um I mean obviously I, I watched like every game for the from the least game and I really I think Columbus had a pretty good squad going on, like like pretty good for them, but um, Dallas was super underrated and I think yeah, they're really Good underdog that you know finally made it through, but I mean it's not looking good the last couple of games with no. that. Yeah, I was listening to Spit and Chicklets like um, Noah Hannafin, who played for the Calgary Flames, and obviously we had picked Calgary to win that series on on the bracket, or I did, and he talked about how everyone's game, well in the playoffs, typically your game plans to wear the team out. Yeah. But their D are so fast and um, mobile. Mm-hmm. That they were dodging checks and they're getting out of the way. So over the series that wears on you, but they were so agile that they were dodging all those checks and their forwards were frustrated because they couldn't wear on them at all. Yeah, like that's that's crazy. Yeah, I know. But even like for Tampa going through, like they went it, they went through without Stamkos there, right? Like, was yeah, Stamkos still isn't playing. Yeah. Oh yeah. So. Yeah, they've been there before though. We'll see if they're. They'll be, I don't know, if they don't win this, this might be it for them. Yeah, honestly. They've been to the finals, what, three times in the last eight years? And this is their chance. Haven't won it once, so they're... Yeah. Keith, did you check it out at all, or do you know anything's going on? Yeah, no, I've I've been kind of keep. Well, I think Keith's more football, and we'll get yeah, into the football Yeah, we'll get into the football but, stuff, but uh, we're watching the one game, and uh, Tampa's, like, swooping. Like, it's it's like it's nothing. They're beating Dallas. It should be there. This is the last... It's 1-1. But the one that uh, oh, the second game, game yeah, yeah, the second yeah. game was yeah, easy. I, I I'd like to see Dallas win just because they haven't really been there before. But yeah. I think it's Tampa's year. They they finally 
have to seal it down, but, but yeah, it should be interesting. Comment down what you guys think too. What yeah, who's gonna? Who, what are our predictions for the last series? One one as of now. We'll put our predictions out. We'll put it in the. We should put it in the caption too. Mm. Yeah, what yeah. our predictions are. I don't for know. Sure. What do you got? It's one one. It's one one. I I see. I don't know. I, a team, and in what games are they gonna win? I think. I think Tampa's gonna win game three. Yeah, game three. And then I don't know. It might be. We don't a have tight to put series. all the games. Just what? Like. Yeah, I think it's gonna be like four two maybe. Four two Tampa. Yeah. I think yeah. Tampa's, yeah. Keith? I think Tampa's gonna Tampa's gonna win it all. I want Dallas to win just because they're the underdogs, but uh, Tampa's definitely... I have a feeling they're gonna pull this off. Tampa and what? It's got Tampa in six, then? Tampa in six, yeah. I mean, five. Five? And they're probably gonna win. Three games? There's a, I don't know. I don't, I don't compared know. to last game... I'm gonna go know. Dallas in seven. Oh, okay. I'm I'm, right. I, I can see game seven coming. That, in that'd series. be a good series. That would be pretty cool. I think there's a seven coming. I don't know why, what it is. And I'd like to talk about the McKinnon and how disappointed I was that Colorado didn't win. Yeah, so I, you're, let me pick your brain about McKinnon. I, I know you. He's, I think he's, he's a good player. He's like. still in top three scoring in the yeah. playoffs, and he got eliminated a round and a half ago. Yeah. And he's still in the top three. The key had a, whatever he had a point in every single game until they lost True. game seven he had a point every single game of the playoffs he was unbelievable yeah i think i, I feel like everyone was like really getting on that avalanche band. like we had them going yeah. all the way i'm pretty sure yeah i don't know i just yeah our, our like prediction was avalanche and philly yeah philly too I, what happened to philly lost to the I islanders really watched too many of the oh, islanders. they lost to the island that was a tough goal but i don't know barzell was playing out of his mind they were kind of close that was close. Yeah, and then Vegas. Vegas, yeah. I, I don't necessarily root for bad Vegas kind of at fell all. Off. I had we did get Vegas had in the fi conference finals already. Uh, yeah. Colorado, Vegas. So hey, we got one right, but I, I don't know. I I still can't believe Colorado lost that game seven in overtime. Yeah. Oh no, conference was Calgary and Col yeah. Oh yeah, we took Calgary over Vegas. I mean, which I did know. Calgary was a couple bounces away too, like. Said so listening, Noah Hannafin, like they were two bounces away from moving on in that series. So that was a heartbreaker. But yeah. Last thing I want to jump into, you guys remember who you picked for the Calder Trophy? Calder Trophy. And um, the, uh, what is it? Not Ted Lindsay. Whatever, MVP. Do you guys remember? Oh, I think heart? I picked my David. First ever episode. So for MVP, oh, yeah, I, remember, I, I had this. McKinnon. Yeah, yeah. I think I had McKinnon too. I or, think James must have picked Drassidle and Drassidle, Drassidle, whatever. Yeah. You guys know what I'm talking. Hey, yeah. He did. He ended up winning the MVP and then Drassidle did, or yeah, yeah. And then uh, Kale McCarr won the Calder. Mm, yeah, and yeah. McCarr Hughes. I don't. Know, I picked McCarr. I don't know what you guys picked. Kale McCarr. I don't remember. I don't even. Hughes, I can't even remember that McCarr. Yeah. But I thought that'd be cool. But to pull up that episode and figure out what we actually picked. Yeah, mm. that'd be cool. But now, eight months later, and they finally announced the winner. So. Yeah. James, you guessed it right if you're watching this. Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. James. <laughs> but um, I think it's like before we go into that was pretty solid for for hockey. We got our we got our brackets in. Yeah. But sure. I think before we jump into football, it's pretty crazy that um, we're almost at fifty episodes too. Yeah. Yeah, it's been. And it like eight months ago we did our first first episode. Yeah. That's that is pretty crazy. Is it eight months ago? Or we should, not when did it was six, 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 six. six sorry, sure. five or six for sure. We started in it's five more likely. Yeah. I think we started in like May, April. Yeah, so whatever April. We like it's planned like beginning April, of April. June, August, September, five. Almost That's, six. Almost six. Almost so eight's six. a stretch. <laughs> eight's a bit of a stretch, but no, it's fifty it's episodes is pretty insane though. Like to be sponsored yeah. after fifteen episodes is pretty nuts. Yeah, twenty, 20 episodes maybe. It's pretty nuts. So yeah, I mean, yeah, like, honestly, like to get like real, like I I would have never guessed. Like we, I feel like everyone, like I was even saying to Keith, like we all kind of have a like a special part in the Charge Up show. Like I feel like Matt gets majority of like our guests. Like he does all that kind of behind the scenes stuff, and then like um, me, Keith, even like preparing the questions. I'm more the editing stuff. He's got all the camera gear. Like we all kind of kind of bond and like have that different yeah, strength and works. produce it so it's it's been pretty cool and like I mean even looking back on it like we've 
we've came a long way to actually like getting a routine to like doing it every week. So it's been it's been pretty crazy. Yeah, and I think too now as we now we're kind of, we're structured. We hit our thousand. We got our sponsors now. Where we get into a structure of once a week we're hammering out an episode. Mm, yeah. For that three episodes a week, it was everywhere and it was nuts. And it's still gonna be like that with guests, but. I think we're going to look into getting some mics soon too once our next sponsorships roll around and mm -hmm. all that good stuff to try to make it even better. And maybe some lighting. Some lighting too. Yeah. yeah. I think we'll go microphones first. Yeah, yeah microphones yeah. first. And then we'll, I'm <laughs> getting to it. Live episodes don't really yeah. go too far. <laughs> <laughs> so let's jump into football. I don't know too much, but I will yeah. start with one thing. Do this many guys tear their ACL oh, no. the first week of the season? I, I saw a meme there. It's like... Like, what even are ACLs anymore? Like, you hear no, yeah. no good thing about ACLs. Yeah. Sa Saquon, McGoffrey, right? That's yeah. what I'm saying? Sa yeah, Sa McCaffrey, 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 and then um, uh, the San Fran. Nick San Bosa. Nick Bosa, yeah, Bosa, yeah. There's literally, San Francisco are getting picked apart because... Like, Our defense is screwed. By yeah. the way, we're San Francisco fans. Yeah. And, 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 and Bill's Mafia. Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I like just to say something about the Niners, but we're getting picked apart. Like we had a scary close call with Jimmy G. He's coming back, I think, week three. But even like Nick Mullins is pretty like he's pretty steady too if if we have him as a backup, but we'd like to see Jimmy G in there. Yeah, um, feel like in a, in whole, um forty niners are not looking good defensively. Uh basically like everyone though. Like I know. It's like, we were thinking before, like, usually, I think maybe their off-season was cut short with training. I think that's an option, like, of a reason, potential reason. I don't think at all. They had a normal off-season. What's that? The NFL? NFL. Yeah, they didn't, but they like, didn't have any preseason. Yeah, I know, but still, they had a normal preseason, yeah. just more games you they didn't have. They didn't have enough, like, I'm pretty sure they didn't have a full training and getting ready. Like, things were shut know. down. Maybe it's because, like, they're just, like, so used to like they haven't trained for a long time and then getting back into it, but I don't even know. Like some teams are doing great, but I just kind of wanted to get into the fantasy because literally I had to trade like pretty much like a quarter of my team because they were all on IR. So <laughs> I uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read out my my picks. So I got Russell Wilson, always a safe quarterback. Uh, Mike, or yeah, sorry, I got Mark Ingram, really sick pick uh, last week. Nick Chubb also really. Sick pick. Then Mike Evans, Taylor McLaren, um, or McLaurin, sorry, Zach Ertz, uh, Laundry, Crosby, and then Ravens D. So that's like my starting lineup, which is pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of people who are like underrated um, making a move this year just because everyone's getting hurt, so they need to step up. So that's kind of a cool standpoint. Let's talk about my bills now. Yeah. I used, I did used to like 49s. Once I started paying attention to football a little bit more, I was like, gotta go local. Big 2 and 0 start. Yeah, two they've, they've had a couple big games. In the division, which is everyone playing in their division now that I'm looking at it? Yeah. I think they might be. Mm -hmm. But also, I was gonna ask you boys, what's the Baker Mayfield and Joe Burrow? What, what are you guys' opinions Ooh. here? Because, I don't know, I Honestly. see Baker Mayfield posting every, every week. They don't even know what's coming, and then they lose the first game of the season, and you're like, oh my god. Truthfully, I think they're both busts. I, I you don't like Joe Burrow? I like him. You gotta like his college career, but I mean, maybe it's just because he, he had one bad game or something like that, but I don't see him being... I he's mean, alright. He's a rookie. He's clip a rookie. this if he's like a god like in the next couple of years, but I think he's another bust. I don't know. What do you I can't. I can't say. I don't think it's fair to call a bust when it's game the second True. NFL game ever. I, I think he also has a terrible team. Yeah. So it's a bit hard for him. I don't know. I don't know what I think about him. That's I was, fair. I'm more on the Baker, and I don't. I don't know. Yeah. He was cool in college, but this guy just. Yeah. I can't stand that. Like I don't know. You kind of see it. You don't really see it in hockey, but in at basketball and NFL more. And, He's post. I follow him. He's posting like they don't even know what's coming this season. Like I'm going off, and then what? Do you, let me let me find his stats on the first game. It was brutal. They got six points in their first game of the season. And they're like, oh my gosh! Like you can't be. Po I don't know. I, I feel think like you gotta wait till your uh, play play adjusting. shows that you can yeah. be a little bit cocky before you are. Yeah, and I feel like again with like all those Heisman Trophy winners and stuff. Like 
for sure they're great athletes, but I feel like all the eyes are on them when they're in the in the NFL. So it's it's probably such a hard like yeah adjustment. Like I couldn't even imagine. I think it isn't. It isn't like Joe. Joe Burrow had every eye on him in the national championship game, and that yeah. didn't really bug him. Mm-hmm. I think I don't know. I also think he gets more stardom in at LSU than he does in Cincinnati. Like probably, he's yeah. getting, he probably has way more fans at LSU. He's getting yeah. escorted around campus, and he goes yeah. to Cincinnati. And Cincinnati is not a crazy city or anything. I was thinking the other day, like imagine because Joe Burrow, he used to he used to be a Buckeye. He used to be at Ohio State. It was a backup quarterback. He was like the fourth string quarterback. Yeah, yeah, imagine yeah. if he didn't go to LSU. Like he'd, he would have got buried. He, yeah, he was literally like the third or fourth quarterback. Yeah, at Ohio State. That was, that was probably like the best movie he's made in his life. But because he's from Ohio too, so yeah. And last topic that well, this is the last topic I have. We got the Cam Newton Brady going on. Ooh. Yeah. Obviously, Cam Newton. Superman Cam. Twenty-one points first game, third points second game. Patriots had. He's One, showing up. He's showing up. That's all I guess. He's also like one of the least paid quarterbacks in the NFL. He's making like one point something a year. Oh, I didn't he's yeah, only making a million and something. Yeah. Like, because huh. they just kind of took a chance on him. But yeah, like, speak to me, boys. What are you guys thinking about the Brady and the Cam Newton situation? All right, here's the thing. I, I saw this the other day where one of my buddies told me, and they, uh, they think that Belichick's better than Brady. I don't know. It's, it's kind of a, a hard statement, but it's true. In a way, I guess, because I feel like ben- Belichick's such like a mastermind with his team. Well, a good coach goes a long way, but I think I think it's fair to say. However, it's like kind of hand in hand. Like a good coach can make the best plays ever, but he can't execute them. Yeah, I so mean, you need a person to be able to. It's kind of unpopular opinion because like some people believe that you know coaches don't really have too big of an impact when you're actually playing out in the field, like I feel they can only call the plays and like, I don't know. Yeah, it's all, I think it's relationship based too, like how good of a, yeah, like how close are you with the coach and how much trust. But I still don't know why Brady left though, like there was no clear reason I don't think. I heard he left. Uh, also, yeah, he don't make more money in Florida. Yeah. And that he bought be. a big house in Tampa. I'm sure he did. So he that was he before bought. he got traded, so he was happy. I think he didn't get traded, he signed there, did he not? Yeah, yeah, he, well, yeah, he signed yeah, sorry, he signed there. But he bought a house before he signed there. So I think he had that in his plan. I don't know. I'm sure time. he kinda knew what was going on before even the season ended where he wanted to go, but Yeah. I don't know, as soon I don't know, they were playing New Orleans and I, I, I that's one of the games I actually knew what was happening and I was like, I don't think they're gonna win, like I could see New Orleans doing some damage. I think they're one and one. But yeah, yeah, Drew Brees. I don't know. They're always good. They're always good. They just can't get over the hump. But I don't yeah. know. Any year, you you think their windows closing soon? It must be. I don't know. Yeah. They probably got good. They'll get three more years in them. But after that, they're oh yeah, they're like, done after three years. I think mm-hmm. they got their window. And then that's another one about the Saints. Michael Thomas is out too. Another injury. Yeah, I don't think we can even keep track of the injuries. Like it's. But, like, to end this off, I think going back to the injury thing, like, injuries are so good for the backup players because, like, honestly, who's ever going to start over McCaffrey? Or who's ever going to, like, have that starting position? Who's going to beat out Nick Bosa? Like, no one is, so it gives other people opportunity to, like, show what they they have, right? Yeah, But true. We are going to miss Nick Bosa and everyone else. I- there's the thing, I feel like Barkley, like, I think he's such an outstanding player, but, like, he's on the Giants, so he doesn't have that, he doesn't have that team to kind of surround him, I guess, like, he, and the thing with, like, I don't know I've, if it's just me, but he goes for the most craziest plays, like, he's not afraid to hurdle, like, I don't know if you saw yeah. his last game. It's because he's, or, a, like, yeah. his legs are as big as a tree. He's massive. But I think that's pretty good for football talking. Um, this is a pretty solid, pretty solid first live with the three of us. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't mind touching on the MLB quick if you guys don't. Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. You guys pay attention at all? Or? Honestly, I only pay attention um, for the Jays because that pitcher is named, you know, Nate Pearson? No. You don't know Nate Pearson on the Jays? No. Look him up. He's the backup. Picture, he's like a rookie picture. He's in the bullpen. 
Yeah, yeah. It's probably why I don't know who he is. <laughs> and no, he his, his oh, yeah. IG is uh, his IG's big name. Yeah, so it's it's kind of weird. <laughs> it's kind of jokes, but yeah, go on with the NFL. Well, uh, I guess you guys, the Jays might get a playoff spot. Yeah, I'm very close, but that's the only baseball team I watch. I don't keep up too. They're too just much. way too young. Like they make so many. The amount of I think they're definitely leading the league in base running mistakes. If you like, their guys are just sleeping on the base. They're getting picked off. Like Vlad, I don't know. Vlad is hitting. He's hitting whatever. He's hitting okay. But um, I just watch the I watch the highlights every single morning, and he's getting like he's just sleeping on the bases and he's making errors. I guess he's new at first base. Wherever the baseball fans out there, and yeah, he's new to the position, but. You're in the MLB. You gotta figure it out, and he's yeah, not used yeah. to these. And but like the amount of errors the Jays are making is ridiculous. Like I don't know if they rushed guys in the MLB. They're very young, but I, I don't know if they rushed them. But they're making way too many mistakes. Hmm. Yeah, I mean it'd be sick to have a playoff spot, but we'll see. I don't know. I'm trying to figure. I haven't looked in a couple of days. I don't. Know. I think there's one last spot. I'm not 100 percent sure. Who's like the number one like threat in baseball? I don't even know right now. Tampa's been unreal. The Rays, yeah. And I watched, well, I watched Tampa uh, twice live when I was in Tampa, about a year, like a bit over, uh, more than a year ago, I guess. I guess it's September, like uh, two, like not last May during COVID, the year before, might have been in April. We were there, the Red Sox and uh, Orioles, and they oh. just killed them. Like met, they got medals over there. Uh, what's their, they, 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 they were one of the first teams to introduce a, um, can't remember his name, he's got long hair or whatever, uh, they have a f- starting pitcher, an opener, instead yeah. of a closer, so he pitches, he pitches the first inning, Yeah. he gets through the hardest guys in the lineup, right, three or four guys, their best hitters, Yeah. so then the starter can go for, from their fourth, fifth, or sixth, he can start with. So he gets an easier start to the game, right? Yeah. And he can build up his confidence and build up his until he gets to the core mm-hmm. of the order again, which isn't and it worked out pretty well for them. They were good, man. They were they can hit some bombs on that team. They got oh man, let me pull up the names quick, but they got some really impressive guys. They got this like two hundred and fifty pound guy, who just like he Kills just rakes. Um, what's his name? I feel like that's one of the things about baseball is. I feel like that's one of the hardest things to do in like sports, it's like connect with like with a baseball. Yeah, it definitely is. Like one it's so like the skill is insane. Like if you're, I wish I was more into baseball. I I feel like out of all the sports, it's probably one of the boringest to me. Unless I get into it. Yeah. yeah. Even, I was excited to play uh, last year in high oh, yeah. school. Playing but, baseball's fun. Yeah, but. His name is G-Man Choi. G-Man Choi. I remember, G-Man I remember a funny what a name, stud. but he—I don't know—he's not having the best season this year. But Brendan Lowe is killing it right now. I, I don't know. Tampa, Tampa is my favorite personally, just from watching them live. Like I've seen a couple teams live, and they were—they were pretty pretty unreal last year. Yeah. But I don't know. That's all I got sports-wise. I don't know if you guys have anything else. Be. Yeah, I mean, just got a couple like finishing things. We're all wearing the merch, and it's like. Pretty pretty sick. We're pretty happy with our merch. So like, uh, stay tuned. We'll probably do like another one. Depends. Like maybe around like Christmas time. We'll see. Like I yeah. I still have like. No, I think we should. I think we'll wait a while. We'll, yeah, we'll wait personally. a bit. But I mean, we're super super happy with everything, and we'll continue to to grind what we can, and you know, still focusing on school as well. We we'll have to get that that balance. But um, yeah, it's been been fun. Yeah, we're excited to see where where it goes from here. Yep. Thanks everyone so much for listening, and um, uh, we'll send it over to the Zach interview now. I guess uh, it's an awesome interview. So make sure to stay tuned. Uh, not stay tuned. Stay listening. It's a good, great interview. Please welcome to the podcast former University of Waterloo basketball player, now nutritional and strength coach, also wellness coach Zachary Marshall Don. Did I butcher that Thank again? You for having me. Sorry. Did I butcher that, or is that okay? No, that's perfect, man. The French twist and everything. Okay, so. <laughs> Just, I obviously haven't seen you in over a year, probably now, maybe even more. Yeah. Uh, what have you been up mm-hmm. to since you, you finished school? Yeah, so, well, I finished school before I saw you, um, and that's when I started working at NLPT. Oh, okay. So that was that year, yeah, yeah, with that summer training with you guys. Um, and then I'm currently still in school, doing my master's in osteopathic manual sciences. Okay. And, um, 
Yeah, so in December, that's when I left uh, uh, NLPT and I've been working at uh, Lifetime Athletic here in Mississauga and oh. still going to school part-time online. So how are you finding that school yeah. online? Well, it's pretty weird. Like uh, our school, because it's a manual therapy, it's super hands-on, right? Um, so then getting moved online, like, so, so we don't use Zoom. We use uh, something similar. I forget what it's called. So it's like the teacher, you know, trying to set up the camera to show his stuff and so it's been a little bit weird and um tough to get used to but i've been lucky enough where i have some friends in the program uh you, you might even know a couple of them uh who work at nlpt as well who've been you know helping me out with the manual stuff and then still getting our anatomy and physiology and all that stuff going online so that that part's fine it's just the, the manual part that's a little bit weird for us yeah, yeah for sure and um what was it like transitioning obviously from your undergrad to postgrad um it's a good question. Like, um, it's not a, a regular master's. Like, it's kind of a private school. Yep. So it's similar to, like, chiropractic or naturopathic medicine. So, um, like, the organization is a little bit different. Like, it's not as organized necessarily as a uh, university, but you get a lot more one-on-one -on -one time. And, um, like, my ability to learn things through that style, it, it, it was a lot better than, like, the university style. You know, you're in a class of 300 mm -hmm. people. Uh, there's one one professor, maybe a TA, so you don't get that same one-on-one -on -one time. But the organization uh, of how things are, are, are handed out are, is, a, is a little bit different. So. But I enjoy it. I like it a little bit more, to be honest. So, yeah, awesome. So we'll get right into the start now, slowly work our way to current. And um, obviously, you ended up playing basketball. You're not the tallest guy. Um, you're tall. No, but I'm you're not, You're no, yeah, I believe you can jump. Six, six foot in shoes, buddy. Six foot in shoes. So you're not you're not a typical basketball player. What's the average NBA point guard? Six three. Um. So was it always basketball for you, or did you play a lot of sports growing up? So I actually grew up in a hockey family. Like my dad played hockey. Um, my brother played triple A and a little bit of junior C at the end. He was he was he was a really good player. Even my sister was like a figure skater, like not hockey, but on, on the uh, on the ice. I was like that little brother who's in local league, <laughs> not that good. Like, um, so by the time I turned 15 and hit high school, I really transitioned into basketball. There was a coach there. Uh, he was a younger guy, um, pretty new to the school. Like you could tell he was from a city cause I, I'm from up North. So a super small town, which is, you know, it's a hockey town, not a lot of basketball there anyways. Um, and really got us into it. Like, uh, I remember grade nine, like generally grade nine, because what grade are you in now, Maddie? Twelve. Twelve, yeah. Do you remember grade nine? Like, I don't know if it was the same for you, but you'd, you'd play every sport or something like that, or, or, or try out for well, all the sports. I, I was maybe, at maybe the hockey school. That. Sorry. I was at the hockey school, but I know what you're talking about. When I was in like grade seven, and, when I was in grade seven and eight, I did okay. all the sports. So, uh, like, they try to encourage, like, try as many sports as you as you can, uh, um, like, see what you like, kind of thing. And this basketball coach, like, kind of found out there was a couple of us, at, like, athletic guys who uh, um, weren't as good as, as the sport we were playing. And, like, sat us down on the side and was like, listen, like, don't play any other sports. Just play basketball and we're going to make a run at, like, grade 12 offset or whatever it was. In um, grade 9, so he told you that. A, yeah, grade wow. 9. And he, like, he kind of got, like, uh, I would never say his name or what school or anything, but he kind of got like investigated because you're not allowed to tell that to students. And, and oh, really? Like uh, yeah. Like, cause, cause again, you're supposed to promote uh, playing as many sports as you can. Uh, but this guy, he was just so intense. Like he was like this 35 year old, just jacked. He, I, I think he played CIS, um, uh, St. Catharines of Brock there. Uh, it, it was just too funny. So this guy had us grade nine showing up 6 30 AM before, you know, high school started uh, and doing a workout. And he didn't necessarily know a whole bunch. He wasn't like a strength and conditioning coach. So we're doing mostly like bodybuilding and things like that. Yep. Um, and then had us like kind of on like nutrition plans and like we do shoots. We would do, we would have our practice from grade nine to grade 12. He almost instilled what the university uh, uh, expectations were. And we were only like 16, right? So that's how I kind of got into basketball. And then by grade 12, uh, like we were a super small town from up north and we had six guys who ended up going to CIS. Jeez. Like I, I want to hear more about your high school career. Like I, 
I'm trying, like, was he not getting in trouble or anything? Like, you guys are, if, like, you know, uh, I like, get, we, we, they got St. Benedict's around here. That's obviously a big high school. But to take these random up north kids who aren't even necessarily into basketball or. Yeah, exactly. He was, like, walking the halls looking for guys over six <laughs> feet. Like, yo, you're on the team, you're on the team. Right. And, uh, like, he, I, I shouldn't say, like. He forced us not to play other sports, but he said, like, if you guys want to make a run, like, when you go to university, CIS, or, you know, NCAA, there's not guys playing multiple sports, right? Yeah. You you focus on your sport, you know, you develop your skill, you develop your practice, and that's how you really advance to, to, to different levels, right? Um, so, yeah, grade nine was rough, right? He had all these uh, farm boys playing a sport that they never really played before, and then as the years went on, we got better and better. Um for me personally, in grade 10, I, I tore my first ACL. So, you know, 15-year-old, um, you know, go to the surgeon, he checks your knees. Like, I think, you know, you've torn uh, ACL, MCL. We're going to have to get you an MRI. And then it takes four months to get the MRI. And then after that, you got to schedule your surgery. So six months after that, I'm getting surgery. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it's six months of rehab. So I was out for almost a year. And that really, really sucked. Right, like you can imagine being a 15 year old yeah. kid and a telling you you can't play, especially after how much um, our coach instilled basketball. Like we were playing all year round, OBAs, AAU, uh, high school, same team, training all year, uh, shoots all year. Like he he he, he did us a huge favor and spent a lot of time with us. But so yeah, I was devastated. And then uh, I was lucky enough to have him, and then that's when I really got into the strength conditioning stuff. Cause I couldn't really play, couldn't shoot. Um, so I was just doing like upper, upper body, bodybuilding for a year straight. And then came back a little bit better, um, in grade 11. Did you guys end up winning? Yeah. So grade 12, uh, uh, we made it to Offsa, which was huge for like an up, up North Mm -hmm. school. Like people were like, like, who the fuck are these? Like, like they didn't even recognize our school. And then, um, he got us all to stay for a victory lap. So we did our fifth year. And then fifth year, we bronzed that AAA offset. Um, one of our players was, like, really, really good. So we would get lots of uh, uh, CIS coaches come to watch games and stuff, mostly to watch him. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the rest of us were kind of, like, picking up the scraps a little bit. Um, so that's when I got recruited to Waterloo. And then um, first year, first week. Uh, so we have, like, you have your frost week first week week of university so you're not sleeping very much you yeah. know you're trying to find new friends hang out uh meet the guys meet the team and we were doing two days during the day uh and then i ended up tearing my right acl mm-hmm. so i had to go through the same works right another year off um and then i played two years after that but i, would, I just wasn't the same after that in terms of the player so what what's that like um being at an up north school and um getting recruited to play at uw like Obviously, I don't know how, how good you are, or is that, um, is that kind of like, is are they offering part scholarships, or is that more just like, come to our school and you'll be on the team? So yeah, you, uh, I'm not sure about the other guys. I know for sure the guy uh, who I was talking about who's really good got a yep. part scholarship. I got a part scholarship. I forget. Some of it was for academics. Some of it was for, yep. for the sport. Um, I can't remember how much of each it was. But yeah, it was funny. Like These guys were driving up to uh, Midland, Ontario, like these uh, university coaches to come watch, uh, especially that, that one player play, like two and a half hours to come up north. And they like weren't expecting uh, like a small hockey town to have developed basketball players. But we were just lucky enough that that coach um, got hired at that school and was just the most intense guy in the sport I've ever met in my life. That, that's pretty awesome that you could at least, out of those four years and that one year with your ACL, you could at least get part scholarship or something out of it, right? It wasn't. Oh, for sure. And even like beyond the, the money in the, in the game, you just learn these great habits. Mm-hmm. Like even in high school, you know, exercising, uh, being uh, having intent around what you're eating, nutrition, uh, understanding like the, having a team culture and, you know, guys got to show up for shoots, you know, uh, uh, this guy's not doing as well in school. Like we got to help as a team, like who, who's good at this subject, just building that culture and community and friendship within uh, a group. Like you learn these great habits that stay with you for the rest of your life. And as much as those ACL injuries were really devastating at the time, they, they point me in the direction of strength and conditioning. And I got to meet, you know, physios and 
uh, strength coaches who helped me out, and I got to learn a bunch. And that's kind of, kind of what directed me to my passion now. So, yeah. as much as it sucked at the time, it uh, it was I was lucky to uh, uh, have the stress and the and the pressure to be pushed into into a direction that I now love love to do. Yeah, and that's kind of was going into my next question. You kind of answered it, and you, it's cool how you can also kind of assume like I'm thinking, oh, like my next. So my next question is. Where did your love come for wellness and strength and conditioning? And you can see, like, oh, I tore my ACL twice. Like, you can see how if you would fall in love with the process and not fall in love with it, but you find it very interesting and you become passionate about it and helping other people go through that. But that is my main question. Like, you obviously, you seem extremely dialed in. Um, Just off your Instagram, obviously, I've learned a ton watching your videos and um, even your daily routines, you're not, you're not sleeping in or anything. Like, uh, where did your love, uh, for strength, conditioning, nutrition, wellness in general come from? Mm, that's a great question. So when I tore my first ACL, I got, uh, um, sent to a physio who, you know, not to talk bad about the guy at all. Like he was doing what he was taught to do, but he gives me this printout of like rehab mm-hmm. and there's literally pictures of like a grandma you know sitting on a table standing up he's like oh you got to do three sets of 10 of these a day to like and it was like a kind of cookie cutter ish yep right and then uh, it took me probably like six months i was playing again but to get back to you know the speed the agility the quickness and the lower body strength to get back probably took me another six months on top of that so when I tore my second ACL, I was got I was like, you know, there's got to be a, a better way to do this. So rather than going, like I had a lot of help from the ATs and stuff on staff there. They were great. But uh, I just Googled like uh, NBA ACL rehab schedule or something like that. And I found this uh, PDF that just dove deep into everything, uh, you know, strengthening anterior chain, balance, proprioception, all, the, all these concepts I hadn't heard before. Um, and at the time I wasn't even in kinesiology yet at the school. I was in a science of business program and just doing that, learning about all that. It's like, you know, you're learning the stuff in school and then you're learning the stuff you, you really like. And you're noticing that the stuff you really like is sticking in your head better. Yeah. Right. Than the stuff that you kind of have to learn because it's school. Um, so that's when I switched programs. I got into kinesiology and then the stuff that I was passionate about learning at home was like not exactly the same but was similar to the stuff i was learning at school and that just you know drove the, the uh learning process uh, and the passion even further for sure so um sorry we're kind of bouncing around a little bit i kind of jumped the gun on that question because i was pretty interested oh, no um but so let's just let's um let's talk about obviously um your love for it and when you decided um i want to start sharing like obviously your instagram adaptive athletics for anyone who wants to go check it out and it'll be tagged but um oh, thank you. i i enjoy following you <laughs> you learned a lot of stuff Thanks. off of it and so when did you decide that um you were not passionate only passionate about learning like you really wanted to help teach and put it out there your experiences and like what you do and what you research out there mm-hmm. so so what i notice is that uh it's one thing to like learn about something and then it's another thing to practice it and experience it. Right. Mm-hmm. So when I, like uh, you learn about strength conditioning, like you see these, some coaches who, who might not practice what they preach or whatever. So it's yeah. tough or maybe have never had, but it like enjoy learning about the, the process. Um, but don't have the experience personally. It's just not the same um, conversation that you can have with the person that you're teaching. Right. Like if, if you're getting nutrition, advice from someone who you know maybe maybe he's overweight or something like that it's tough to i'm trying to say this without you know trying not to be mean but yeah i know what you have that same relationship so yeah so it's like you know if you if you have a a coach or a parent or something like that you don't respect or maybe or or maybe you don't trust their advice it's very tough to take advice from that person right Whereas if you have a, have a really good relationship with that person, you have a lot of respect, maybe they're a mentor, it's easier to accept that advice um, for yourself. So so for me, it was learning this stuff, practicing this stuff, and then finding this crazy, crazy benefit, and then finding out how I could share it with others um, because it's benefited me in, in so many ways. Like anything health and wellness, I know like right now we're kind of strength conditioning, but you know, nutrition, uh, recovery, mental health, all that stuff um, is going to feed into whatever your goal is, even if it's not health related. 
right? Uh, health and happiness are, are totally interrelated and they feed off each other and then they're going to feed into whatever other goals you have. So just uh, to answer that question would be um, experiencing it myself and then wanting it, wanting to share the experience with others would be why I got into it. Yeah. And what are some of the current things we talked about before I message you? Um, uh, you're talking that you're pretty into recovery practices right now and sharing and yeah, yeah, yeah. So why don't you touch sure. on that a little bit and teach me a little bit and teach all of our listeners a little bit. Just a quick right, snippet. Sounds good. So let, let me know if I get too long in the tooth here because I know... Uh, yeah, we might we might run out of time, so then we'll just start a new one. Okay. Just, just, just let me know. Just if it so, all closes down. When it comes to like optimization in general or any... You know, not even just for an athlete, but for general population or... or uh, uh, a lot of the people I've been working with are general population, but they're like CEOs or uh, um, they have busy schedules and things like that where they still want to optimize, even though it's not necessarily just for athletic performance. It's just, you know, they want to be functioning at 100% always. Um, so if you look at just optimization, you break that down into four categories or pillars of what we call it would be exercise, which a lot of people got dialed in. Nutrition, most people got dialed in to, to, to some degree, or, or at least they have some sort of intent behind it. Uh, mental health and recovery are the last two that I don't think people talk about enough. So today we're going to talk uh, about recovery. Um, if you think about what recovery is, it's literally when the adaptation occurs, right? It's when the magic happens, is when the body heals and becomes stronger from whatever stimulus you put it through. So if you think of exercising as breaking down the house, right? Recovery is when you build it back up stronger. Nutrition is what, you know, the blocks that you put on. Um, so it's just something I find doesn't get utilized enough intently, right? So in university, I was the king of like recovery days. Sundays, we didn't have practice workouts or anything. So the boys would come over, we'd sit and watch Netflix all day, order Taco Bell, and that was our recovery day, right? And um, thinking back now, it seemed like because you're not doing the exercise or, or whatever you're doing on that weekly basis, you're recovering but if anything that's just putting more stress on the body right you're sitting in a position all day that uh, you're not moving from you're watching whatever tv i, I know it's get talked about a lot in sleep it's very stimulatory uh ooh, did i lose you no you're good okay oh there you are um and then and then you're feeding all this like essentially poison into your body so, so you, you've stressed the body even more, right? You haven't allowed it to actually recover. You've stressed it even more. So when I break down recovery, I kind of break it down into four categories. So the first one, sleep, right? Gets talked about a bunch. Um, super important for recovery. But I find that it's easier said than done to get a good night of sleep. Like for yourself. Like I remember when I was maybe, maybe grade 12, I was having trouble sleeping by then. But like, you know, like... From when I can remember to like 16, 17 years old, I could sleep like 15 hours, no problem at all. Like, do you find that for yourself? Yeah, I'm sleeping about sleeping? 12 hours every night right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was always curious to you with your age group because um, I didn't get a cell phone until grade 10 or 11, I think, is when it started being big. And then like yeah. you're on Instagram all night and how that affects your sleep. So I was curious about uh, um, your age group and, and how uh, they're doing with that. So sleep, I'm, I won't go into like... The nitty-gritty, just practical takeaways for you guys and your listeners. So quality and quantity is what we're after. Generally, you know, 8 to even 11 hours, depending on, on the uh, uh, demands that you're putting on your body. Um, some ways that we can improve sleep. Uh, let's talk about going to sleep, waking up at the same time. Right, Our body works off a circadian rhythm. That's like a 24-hour cycle. Right, so even if you're you know waking up, going to sleep at the same time during the week, and then you're changing that on the weekends, it's affecting that rhythm, and we want that rhythm uh, um, to be aligned as often as possible and as consistent as possible, um, so that that because that rhythm there's like hormones involved, so that uh, it'll uh, um, start to tell you to go to sleep when it's time to go to sleep, and start to tell you to wake up when it's time to wake up consistently, right? Big one that a lot of people have trouble with, I call the 10-3-2 rule, would be no stimulants 10 hours before bed. So I'm not sure if you're a coffee drinker yet. No. Uh, are, you, are you into the coffee yet? No. no. Yeah. So universities, when I started drinking coffee, you know, you're drinking five, six cups a day. Uh, coffee, things like uh, caffeine have a six-hour half-life. So you drink that at 4 p.m., it's still in your system at 10 p.m. when you're trying to sleep. Yep. Uh, no eating three hours before bed. 
another tough one for a lot of people. Yep, especially I athletes. can't do that. It's super tough, right? Especially like uh, I just had a conversation with these basketball guys who I'm writing a program, a nutrition program for, and some of these guys, you know, six foot nine, 170 pounds, they got to put on some some mass, right? Yeah. So they're they have to eat you know, four thousand calories a, a day, and they're expected to do that within a you know ten, 10 hour uh, window. It, it could be super super difficult. So just trying your best, you know, dinners. Uh, socially is generally the biggest meal, but maybe trying to make, you know, breakfast and lunch a little bit bigger so so that you uh, uh, can have that dinner a little bit smaller. Um, and then the last one, super tough for people too, is no screens two hours before bed. I know I love Netflix. I love checking my phone before bed. There are ways you can get around it. Like I have these. These are just blue light blocking glasses. And then I got these uh, funky ones you can buy off mm-hmm. Amazon if you want to look super cool at night. Uh, like 10 bucks. That, that can help with that. That would be sleep, uh, would be category number one. Category number two, stress management. So, you know, exercise, work, uh, for you, like school, you know, studying, these are all stresses that we're putting into our body. And um, we need to balance that, the stresses with the uh, uh, recovery periods or de-stresses is what I would call them. So if we think about, you know, meditation is a big one getting talked about now, you know, for every hour that you're putting into exercise maybe you put 10 minutes into meditation to recover um gratitude is another big one you know getting a notebook writing out a couple things you're grateful for uh um, you know when you when you're grateful for something you feel great you, you find the stress start to melt away and then the the, the joy fulfillment starts to, to start to increase uh breathing techniques there's a bunch that you can google um when we control our breath voluntarily it's one of the only um muscles that's both involuntary or involuntary and voluntary and it works really really closely with our autonomic nervous system so it's a way that we can uh, uh, get away from or if we want to amp up right if you start hyperventilating you'll start sweating and, and uh, amp yourself up or if you start breathing slow you can bring yourself down and almost have a period of, of de-stress or a lot of people find that it can help them sleep um, and then just periods of rest right so even I find, and this is a, a new thing I've been contemplating and ta- thinking about during my own exercises, rest periods during your lift, right? What are you doing in that two minutes after your squat uh, uh, before that next set or that next uh, circuit or whatever it may be? You know, what, what's the intent there? Are you on your phone? Are you, you know, walking around talking to guys? Which, if, if the intent is to build culture in the team, if it's a team training, then by all means. But if the intent is to recover, maybe instead of putting, uh, uh, having the phone in your hand, you sit down, you breathe. You, you maximize that two-minute recovery period. So that would be uh, uh, stress management. Nutrition's another big one. Um, you know, what? I, like I said, that's going to be the building blocks to rebuild that house. The blocks that's being used, that's your nutrition. I think nutrition especially, um, people try and get too complex before they've earned, earned it with consistency, right? So consistency of the fundamentals and the basics is going to get you 95% to your goal. And then once you've earned that, then you can get a little bit complex. It's like you hear uh, people are like, oh, I'm keto, but I'm going to McDonald's and eating, you know, McDonald's three times a week with no bun or something like that. Yeah. It's like, you know, you, ha- you haven't earned that complexity yet to, to, to be able to do something like that. Like, are you eating enough a day? Like, like we just talked about, you're a young athlete. You probably need like 3,000 calories just to maintain, just to maintain the, the demand you're putting on the bo- your body. What's the quality of your food like? Are you avoiding you know, fast foods, processed sugars, processed vegetable oils, getting lots of whole foods, getting your nutrient-dense foods, uh, getting the proper amount of proteins, carbs, and fats? Like Just those simple things on a consistent basis is going to get you a lot further than you know being a, a, a vegetarian or carnivore one day of every week or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Consistency over complexity. And the last one uh, would be movement. So I know movement is what got you in, in, the, uh, in the situation in the first place. Movement could be a stressor, but it also can be a healer as well. So if we think about how our body heals itself, it heals itself through four pathways, nerves, arteries, veins, and lymphatics. Two of those, so the veins and lymphatics, literally need muscles to contract to be able to push the fluid through, right? So if we're not contracting any muscles, that fluid just stays there. And then that means fresh blood or fresh nutrient-dense blood can't come into the other side, right? So going out for walks, uh, 
whatever your warm-up is on a day you're going to lift, maybe you just go through that a little bit longer. Maybe you go through your lift, but you take 50% off the weights. Just getting those muscles contracting, right, which the nervous system gets them to contract. You're going to push old blood out, getting fresh blood in. Um, yeah, and those would be the four big things I, I would uh, focus on for recovery. Awesome. That wasn't too, too long. No, that was great. Um, so you're going to think I'm dumb. I guess I'm not a millennial. No way, man. Gen Z or whatever. That's why I got it all written down over here. <laughs> it's but, a lot to remember. It's a lot to think about. Um, and I think the most important thing, like I said, is just pick pick a couple of basic things. What are the easiest things in your reach, right, in these categories for sleep? Maybe it's, you know, tonight I'm going to shut the phone off half an hour before I usually do. Uh, maybe for stress management, I'm going to try five minutes of meditation tomorrow. For nutrition, uh, I'm going to focus on, you know, maybe I get my fitness pal and just one day a week I track to see, you know, where I'm at. And for movement, instead of that uh, Taco Bell, I'll sit on the couch, Netflix day, maybe I spend half hour, an hour going for a walk uh, uh, or doing a little dynamic world. Just pick those easy things. And if you stay consistent, consistent, consistent with those, you're going to see benefit. Like there's no way that you can't, you can't. One of the things I wanted to touch on again is, are you a big, uh, I don't want to say believer, but do you think that or those blue light glasses is a, a great thing to, it, well, like, I, don't, I know me and ever all the people my age, uh, I don't really know anyone who isn't on their phone until they fall asleep. Not that it's a good thing. Yeah. Um, are you big on that those glasses can still help improve your sleep if you are watching TV or on your phone? So... I've seen research that kind of flip-flops both ways. Like I've heard some people, it's like, ah, it's not doing anything. Some people, it's like, yeah, it's worth it. When, I, when it comes to anything like that, you have to look at the pros and cons. So yeah. pro, there's people seeing benefit. Con, there's people not seeing benefit, right? Pro, you know, these were five bucks. You know, those were 10 bucks. Is it costing me that much? Another pro is there's something called the placebo effect where, you know, the tool itself might not even be doing anything, but because you believe in it, because you're optimistic, yep. think about the potential of it working, and then then it, then you might see benefit that way. So that would be my thing. You know, if the glasses were $300 and then now the cons outweigh the pros, and I, I can't afford $300 for something I'm not even sure really works. Yep. So that's how I would look at anything anything like that, right? Yeah, it's, not, it's not doing any harm. Exactly, right? Yeah, uh, my girlfriend, you know, makes fun of me when I put these on, but uh, other, yeah. than that, other than getting bullied, it's not too bad. <laughs> okay, awesome. I think we really covered everything. I hope um, people learned something. I'll probably clip some stuff from this episode. Thank you so much for coming on. Man, thanks for having me. And if there's one thing I'd like to say, too, is like not a lot of people know, but like getting up in front of people, having discussions like this, sharing ideas, virtual or not, is super tough, right? And it's really good on you guys that you guys are getting getting into this, getting good at it. You know, you guys are doing great. I checked out your Instagram. I heard a couple of your other podcasts. You guys are doing a great job. So uh, that's what I'd like to say about that. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on. No problem, man.